frequency. Hello, church. Welcome to church. I'm Jess, and it's awesome to have you here tonight. Um, we've been in a series called Frequency, which is all about tuning into the voice of God. And so last week, Shafin, um, my husband, he talked about the various different ways that you can hear the voice of God in your life. And so he talked about things like reading the Bible, hearing through the Holy Spirit. He talked about hearing through other people and about even our own desires and the things that God puts in our heart. And so that was a really um, great time of teaching from Shafin. And so tonight I'm here and I would like to talk to you about being a prophetic Christian. And so um, to be a prophetic Christian, what I'm talking about here is to hear the voice of God clearly and to communicate him accurately. And so first, I just want to pray, because I believe that tonight the Spirit of God is here, and that if we tune our ear to the voice of God, that you will hear Him tonight. I'm believing for some of you that may not have heard God before or haven't for a long time, that that's going to change tonight. So I want to set um, faith in our hearts and believe uh, for hearing the voice of God. So Jesus, we just thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you, God, that you so desire to speak to your people, Father, that you are always with us. You're always near. You're always near us, Lord God. And so we ask, Father, that you would help us to hear you tonight through the message, through impressions to our heart, Lord God, that you would speak in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the word prophetic, as used in the Bible, in most cases, it comes from the Greek word called prophetia. I don't know if I said that right, but it means to speak and forth. So it carries this idea of speaking forth. The primary word, I guess the primary use of it in the Bible is not predictive in the sense of foretelling, although there are examples of foretelling, but primarily it's used in the context of a word that is interpretive, or declaring or forthtelling the wisdom and the counsel of God. So something that is interpretive is something that helps you to understand or make meaning of a situation. It sort of translates or kind of communicates or explains. To declare is to state something clearly and officially, some kind of truth. To forthtell, different to foretell, which reveals the future, to forthtell carries the idea of seeking to change the present through words of exhortation, edification, and comfort. So to give you an example, I thought I'd just share a little bit of a story of a prophetic word in my life. I was in my early young adult years, and I went through a patch where I was really haunted by this idea, an untruth in my mind, that God didn't really think about me much, didn't care for me, that his love and his focus and his thoughts were more orientated towards other people than to me. And this was affecting me, it was affecting my connection with God. I was like, if God doesn't care, then why would I care, you know? And so it was, it was kind of an obvious untruth, but it was plaguing my mind. And so on one particular case, this was going on in my mind over a few days, and I went to church. And when I was at church, a family friend came up to me and she said to me, hey, Jess, God has said for me to tell you that he really loves you and he thinks about you all of the time. And I was like, oh, you know, and that, that simple declaration of truth at a very specific and the right time into my life just totally dissipated these thoughts 
They exposed them as lies. And, you know, I hooked my faith into a truth that I already knew well. But because through this prophetic word at the right time into my life, it made it very personal. And in that moment, those thoughts just disappeared. And honestly, I can't remember a time since that word was delivered to me that I've struggled with those thoughts since. And so in that one simple moment, a prophetic word into my life, just from a common Christian, like not to be derogatory, but, you know, just another person really just um, healed my mind in that space. And so that's an example of what I'm talking about, the prophetic. So we can encounter the prophetic um, voice of God. We can encounter the voice of God through the prophetic. So through others, like I did, at a personal level, such as when God speaks to you directly. So you can hear the prophetic voice of God even to your own heart. Shafin was talking earlier about a time where we went through a great deal of financial uh, hardship and that went for years and years and years. And during that time, I felt like, God, you know, what's going on? And I struggled with it on and off. And in that season, God spoke to me a scripture that was for me that helped me to make sense of what was going on in my world. And so it was like an interpretive word that was specific to me that helped me to make meaning of what was going on in my situation. And, you know, and honestly, I think that prophetic word in many ways saved my faith. It was such a difficult time. (laughs) So, you know, that is an example, again, of a prophetic word. We can also help others encounter the voice of God when God speaks through us to other people, words of encouragement words in their lives, you know, and it doesn't always look like this big formal thing, you know, sometimes we think a prophetic word is like, thus saith the Lord, blah, 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 but, you know, I have given prophetic words when someone might not even know I am, in the midst of a conversation, someone might be sharing with me a difficult situation, and I'll hear the voice of God, and I'll just say it, hey, have you thought about this verse? I wonder if it's this that's happening in your life. And, you know, you don't need to preface everything with the word, the God, like the Lord says. And, in fact, it's not always helpful to preface everything with the Lord says. And so, um, you know, I guess the final area that we can encounter the prophetic word of God is in prayer. And this is probably where I experience it the most. When I pray and I start to hear the prophetic word of God, it changes my prayers from being like a monologue up to God into a dialogue that becomes something quite dynamic. I hear what God is speaking. I pray into that and it shapes the whole direction of my prayer. So I guess to sum up this little section, prophetic is a word that is used in the Bible quite commonly uh, for the type of communication with God. It is where Christians hear God clearly and communicate him accurately. The style is interpretive, helping us to make meaning. It is declaring, stating something officially or um, with clarity. And it is forth-telling, which is the idea of edifying and speaking encouragement into people's situations. And so I want to share with you uh, my, I guess, one main point tonight is that the prophetic is available or within the capacity of every Christian. I want to give you just a quick history lesson. Don't tune out. It's actually really interesting. The Bible has a first part and a second part, many of you may know. And so the first part was written about events prior to Jesus. And its writings look forward to Jesus' comings. And there's a lot of prophetic um, words in the, in the first part of the Bible that are proper foretelling of events. And so we're going to look at one of those, and it's from the book of Joel. But first, I just want to set the scene for you. This is set during a time in ancient Israel, where hearing the voice of God was not available to the common person. Essentially, if people were to hear the voice of God, they would hear it via a prophet, like a, a 
one prophet, not lots of prophets, one prophet sent to the people at that time or through a priest. Occasionally there are stories of other people hearing the voice of God, but it wasn't a common occurrence. And so that was the time that this prophecy was set in. Also, it's worth noting that status permeated society. So women were subservient to men and slavery was entrenched in the community. So there was like a lot of social roles and and very stipulated around who did what and who was higher and who was lower in status. It was also set in a time of great devastation for a tribe of people called Judah. So the devastation was a result of a natural disaster and it it seems like it was some kind of plague, something like locusts that swept through the country and devoured everything green. So can you imagine, I mean, we're experiencing our own kind of natural disaster with COVID at the moment. These guys experienced something where they they describe it something like locusts swept through and ate everything, every single piece of vegetation, everything green, even the bark off trees. And so the land was devastated and people were going hungry. Animals were dying, people were dying. And so the prophet Joel was sent to the people at this time to communicate a word. And the prophet Joel felt that this the only explanation for such an unprecedented uh, destruction was judgment from God because the people of Judah had turned away from God. And so a lot of his prophetic word was centered around, you know, talking about judgment. So it's quite a full-on book to read. And he he likens this time of judgment to um, a time that he foretells that hasn't occurred yet called the day of the Lord. And he describes this idea that one day God will return and hold people account for their actions. And so he was urging he was urging the people of Judah to repent, to turn back to God and to, um, to make God their king and their Lord once again. And he was prophesying hope that on the other side of that decision, there would be restoration, there would be peace, there would be provision. And so um, it was in that we find this very profound statement. And I'm going to read it to you. So Joel 2 verse 28. He says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So what we have here is a foretelling that would have felt completely unbelievable in that time. A time where it wasn't common for people to hear the voice of God and you certainly wouldn't expect a slave to hear the voice of God or a woman. And yet Joel is prophesying that there will come a time when, his, when the Spirit of God will be poured out on all flesh and sons and daughters will prophesy. Remember, prophesy means to hear the voice of God and communicate it accurately. So fast forward a bunch of hundreds of years to Acts and say now we're in the second part of the Bible. It's after the time that Jesus has come, he's died, he's resurrected and he's gone back to be with Father in heaven. And we've got the beginning of the church. But before Jesus left, he said to his followers, wait, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And so they did that. They went to a room and they waited and there was about 120 of them gathered and they experienced the Holy Spirit coming. And they describe it in the Bible, it was like the sound of a rushing wind. It was like tongues of fire coming to sit on their heads. And they accompanied with it the sign of speaking in tongues, which is the idea of speaking in another language, whether an actual language or a spiritual language. And these people, they went out into the city. And at the time in the city, there were many visitors Many people were there who spoke different languages. And while they were out there in the city, they were telling people what was going on because it was creating quite a fuss. 
And every single person, no matter what their language was, could understand what was being spoken. So it was a total miracle happening. Um, And so then a preacher, Peter, got up and he explained what had just happened. Acts 2.17, and he says this, the prophet Joel prophesied, and it shall come to pass. In the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maidservants, I shall pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. They shall hear God. They shall communicate God accurately. All people, no matter what your status is, no matter what your role in society is, no matter what your gender is, no matter what race you're from, no matter who you are, all people, the Spirit of God will be poured out on all people. So awesome. And so I've shared all of this history with you because I'm wanting you to understand how central it is to our identity as Christians living in this era to be able to hear the voice of God, to be able to interact with the voice of God and God in that spirit-filled way. You know, on that day when the Spirit of God was poured out in the church, that was the founding day of the church, on that day alone, 3,000 people were added to the church. It's like, boom, what a start. (laughs) And so, you know, we are living now still in that time that was prophesied by Joel all of those centuries ago when we would be available with with access to God, access to who he is, to know him is so available. It's amazing what a time of grace we are living in. And so to be able to, you know, personally experience and encounter the Spirit of God in our lives is something that we can often take for granted, but we mustn't. It's an incredible time of grace that we live in, where any Christian, not just the prophet or the priest or maybe the king, Any Christian is able to share the viewpoint of God, the wisdom and counsel of God. So it's it's quite profound. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, I think also it comes with a level of responsibility. When I read that, I'm like, wow, there's a level of responsibility, I believe, as Christians to cultivate that in our lives, to hear God accurately, you know, to communicate him to others in a life-giving way. Because it's no longer the prophet or the priest. Now we're like all tasked with the responsibility of being able to share who God is with others. So I want to encourage you to activate the prophetic in your life. I'm going to give four quick tips. So they are, one, desire it. Two, get started. Three, handle it. And four, supercharge it. Got that? (laughs) Awesome. So, um, in terms of desiring it, I want you, you know, we're going to fast forward. So, we've got Joel, and then we've got Acts, where the Spirit of God is poured out, and the church gets started. So, intro another preacher named Paul. So, he's been busy establishing new churches, a bit like this one was established, but he's established like heaps of new churches. And he writes to them in letter. So that we've got in the Bible, in the second part of the Bible, a bunch of letters which is Paul corresponding back and forth with these churches that he's established. And so in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church about prophecy and he's writing about it and he's comparing it to the gift of tongues and we're not going to worry about that, we're just going to talk about, pull out of it the, what he says about prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So, dot, 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 verse 3. But he who prophesies speaks edification 
and exhortation and comfort to the church. So to desire, the word desire here comes from the Greek word zaleo, which I don't know if I said that right, but again, it's Greek. (laughs) And it means to be zealous for, to burn with desire, to pursue ardently, to desire eagerly. So it's not just like a, oh yeah, yeah, desire prophecy, you know, whatever. It's like catches your attention, desire this. You know, um, God intended the church to be blessed by the presence of the gift of prophecy. And so, therefore, this instruction to us to desire it is um, something we should pay attention to. You know, the verse um, begins with, so importantly, pursue love. You say, we should never desire to prophesy from a place of wanting to be the one that knows everything or the one that can tell people what to do or have some sort of authority over others. No, if you prophesy from that motivation, you will not bless other people. The motivation for any spiritual gift is love, a desire to bless others, a desire to bless the church, a desire to share God's love with others. Makes sense? Very quick, very easy. Um, So for me, if I'm wanting to encourage someone with a prophetic word, I think about how much Jesus loves them. And it doesn't take long (laughs) until there's a word for that person. So, you know, desire it, starting from a place of love, a desire to be a blessing to the church community. So that's desire it. Two, get started. And this carries with it the idea of faith as well. We can do nothing without faith. Faith is the idea of, of believing that God is going to move. We, um, there's some very simple steps to getting started. It can start in your personal time with God. I always think like this, one, quiet in your mind. Two, focus on Jesus. Three, pay attention to the spontaneous thoughts in your mind, right? Perhaps visions or impressions. And then four, judge the word that you get. And I'll talk about that more in a minute. For me, activating the gift of prophecy in the way of sharing with others and encouraging others started quite suddenly for me and very unexpectedly. I was um, at a church startup, much like this one, so Nations Church. I was a part of their original ch- uh, team that started that church and me and two other guys were running the youth group and I was the only female youth leader, unlike our youth group. It's like, how many leaders? 15 or something? It's awesome. Well, there was three of us. We had a youth group of about 30 and um, we'd had a youth service and the preacher had invited people for prayer. And so all of a sudden there's like 10 to 15 young teenage girls at the front waiting for prayer. And I'm like, oh yeah. So I knew, okay, I'll probably pray for them. But in this moment, the pastor comes up to me, Pastor Ken Lee, and he puts his hand, sort of hovers over me and he goes, Jess, go and pray and prophesy for those girls. Woo, what? <laughs> I think you just go pray for them, that'll do, won't it? Go and pray and prophesy for those girls. And in that moment, I had a decision to make. I was like, oh, no, no, we'll just pray, God bless them, blah, 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 whatever. But in that moment, I was like, oh, okay. My pastor's asked me to go and pray and prophesy for these girls. So I was like, all right, God, I'm going to give it a crack. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go and I'm going to prophesy for these girls. So... 
roll up to the girl number one. And I'm like, oh, boy. You know, so I prayed and then, you know, did the thing, wait, quiet in my heart. Thought about how Jesus loved her. Also kind of freaking out. But then God gave me a word and I shared that with her. It was very short, very stilted, very poorly delivered. Never mind, next one. <laughs> Did it again. Oh, another word. Oh, a little bit more this time. A little bit better with the delivery this time. Still not great. Next one. Same and same and same again. And, you know, as I went on and I practiced and I practiced that flow of God speaking through me, got kind of better at it, right? And so I encourage you, if the opportunity comes... Step out in faith. Yeah. Number three, handle it. So this is where I just want to chat briefly about the importance of judging prophetic words in our lives. So whether it's a word that you've received to your heart that you believe is from God, or whether it's a word that someone else has perhaps come and said to you, or whether it's a word that you've got in your heart for someone else, whatever it is, I want to encourage you to to judge it because let me be clear, the prophetic Christian does not prophesy to rebuke people, discipline people or judge people. A prophetic Christian builds up and encourages and comforts people with God's word. So revisiting our scripture, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to people. That is its purpose. People make mistakes. People don't always get it right. I don't always get it right. But to keep the prophetic in line with the purpose that it carries in the church, we should always judge the word. And we must never deliver a word to somebody if it doesn't line up with the Bible. There's a couple of scriptures that I love to consider when I think about judging a prophetic word. James 3, 16 to 17. It says, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Or Galatians 5, to 23, for the fruit of the Spirit or the results of the Spirit of God is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. So a key to handling personal prophecy is to understand that, one, it will never contradict the written word of God. And two, does it produce peace and joy in your life? Is it kind? Is it merciful? Is it gentle? Is it humble? Does it bring clarity? If something's confusing, I'd chuck it out. So don't be afraid to just drop something to the ground if it doesn't produce the results of the Spirit of God in your life. Yeah. Number four, supercharge it. (laughs) The reality is the ability to prophetically hear God's voice and articulate this is birthed from intimacy with Jesus. Having a close familiarity or friendship with Jesus is to know him, to know his word to us, which is the Bible and to pray around it. So Corey Turner, Pastor Corey Turner, I'm not sure if any of you would know him, but he is a modern-day prophet. 
Um, he has written a book called Supernatural Life, which Shafin's holding up there. I think it was written quite a while ago, but it's an awesome practical resource if you're interested in knowing more. Um, so he, he writes this, I believe that the foundation required to accurately discern God's voice in your life is a daily Bible reading and prayer, regardless of the length of time you spend. And he likens it to spiritual training, the idea of spending time with God and praying around that. He likens it to an athlete who would be preparing for a race. This is an athlete that's prepared adequately for a race. When he gets to the race, he does what he's trained to do, run the race. Someone who hasn't trained well will get to the race. They'll still run it. They'll still do it. There'll be a lot more exertion and puffing and errors and, you know, all that kind of thing. So Corey, Pastor Corey says this, for Christians that have embraced a lifestyle of spending time with God, reading his word and praying day, daily, growing in their relationship with God, they don't fuss, scratch or claw their way to hear God speak to them. They're already in flow with the Holy Spirit and they just have to position themselves to do what already comes supernaturally to them. Don't be surprised though if you find it difficult to hear God speak to you if your spiritual training regime has been haphazard or infrequent. So let's supercharge our ability to hear God through getting our spiritual training on point. So being a prophetic believer is a person who walks in intimacy with Jesus, who can hear and accurately communicate the word of God. It is a great blessing in the church. You know, for Shafin and I, it has been an incredible blessing to us in different seasons of our life. We, um, and in particular, there was one season when we actually, in 2014, we felt God speak to us to leave our town, our hometown of Albany, where we were very happy pastoring and doing our thing, very, very happy. All our family was there, and we felt that God speak to us to leave, and we were so surprised by this direction that we prayed about it for a long, long time. And eventually we left and we moved, and the moment we got to Melbourne, the job that we'd gone to take up, we knew straight away this is not, this is going to be like bad this is not the right fit <laughs> oh you know two things happened on Shafin's first day in that role the first thing that happened was he knew without a doubt uh this was wrong this job is not right for me and we just moved our whole family we didn't know anyone in Melbourne the second thing that happened that day was when Shafin was meeting um people in the office next door someone grabbed him and pulled him aside a Christian and said hey I want to tell you I feel like God has spoken to me and said you'll move to Melbourne is not is for a purpose but it's not for this one so you can imagine for Shafin and I our conversation that night looked very different from what it would have been had not that prophetic word come to us that day you know we would have been so sure that we had made the biggest mistake of our lives everyone looking on would have assumed we'd made the biggest mistakes of our lives the only reason we didn't was because of the activity of the prophetic in our lives. Every month about, from that time on until we didn't need it anymore, somebody prophesied and said, hey, your move to Melbourne's been life-giving. Hey, I just want you to know, your move to Melbourne's been life-giving. Like it was insane. It happened over and over and over again. So we knew that we'd made the right step, even though things weren't turning out as they should be. And ultimately, our move to Melbourne, that was the very first decision that we made that really culminated like in this church being established because it was in Melbourne that we grew and developed and shaped and understood what we were called to. It was in Melbourne that we met people that stirred up that gift in our lives and encouraged us to take steps that would lead us into this place. And finally we moved and took the, the step of faith and came to Perth and established this community. So I believe that the prophetic 
is another way that we can encounter the voice of God in our lives in addition to the things Shafer talked about. And so I want to take a moment to just pray for you. You know, I'm really, really conscious that um, hearing the voice of God is a deeply personal thing. And for a lot of people, there's been great disappointment in this area. There'll be people here that have received prophetic words that have been damaging. They haven't been an edifying thing for you. I'm so aware of that. And so I just want to pray for us in this moment. I want to pray that we'll be able to hear the voice of God for ourselves. I want to pray that we'll be empowered in that space. But I also want to pray for healing for those of you that have had disappointments and areas of pain in this in this area. So why don't we why don't we stand up? We're gonna go into a time of worship in a moment after I pray. So Father, Holy Spirit, I just pray you come. Come in this moment, Holy Spirit. I pray that you would speak to your people. Open our ears to hear your voice, God. Lord, I thank you, Father, that your word to us personally can just bring healing. It can bring comfort. It can bring clarity to a situation we've been confused about, Father. The one encounter with your word, one moment of clarity that comes from you can set everything straight. And Lord, I pray for that right now, tonight, for those that need to hear from you, God, about a situation, about something they're confused about, Father, that need a truth declared into their lives. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak to them directly now. Father, Holy Spirit, we ask for healing. We ask for healing for those that have suffered pain in this area, Lord. Father, I ask for comfort for those that feel that you've abandoned them, that feel that they can't hear from you, that feel that that's not for them. Lord, I pray for comfort, Lord. More than anything, Lord, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would begin to speak. 